Hey listeners, it's Jackson. What you are about to listen to is part two of an extra long episode we recorded on Friday night where Vyas, Elliot, and I talk about the hockey world's response to the death of George Floyd and the spontaneous uprisings that have occurred as a result. In part one, we discuss the NHL's return to play plan and what that means for the Canucks. So if that interests you, you might want to go back and listen to that first. Uh, if you're a completionist and such. Uh, but if you've already heard it or that doesn't interest you, feel free to continue. Let's go. All right. So chances are, unless you're running, uh, living under a rock right now, you have noticed so that if we have any, by the has... way, if we have any fans in Iraq, uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, shout us out um, on Twitter. What is there a country under Iraq? Kuwait, Saudi <laughs> ah, okay. Arabia. So chances are, if you're living in uh, Kuwait, no. Chances are, if you're living <laughs> under a rock right now, uh, unless yeah. you're living under a rock right now, rather, uh, you've noticed that the paradigm, the political paradigm, is quickly shifting, and that uh, there is some wild shit happening out there, particularly there, in the United there is States, an uprising. but everywhere. What's that? There is an uprising. Yeah, uh, uh, and I think that is weird the right to, word like, to use. Admit what it is uh it's i won't like we you can never say that something is a revolution but there are revolutionary actions happening that we've never seen before and that's weird to admit (laughs) yeah what i've seen this week basically since we recorded our last episode is unlike anything i've seen in my lifetime yeah and so too yeah i've been playing around for the past few days about how to address it on the show. And I think that ultimately, while I may have fantasies about the kind of effect that I can have on the world, um, the reality is that this is a hockey show. And so we can talk about what is happening uh, in the culture at large through the lens of hockey, but it's that's where we're ultimately in an entertainment product and that's ultimately what that's the extent yeah of the we, don't, we don't want to stray from the rocks if you have a brand is what we're saying yeah and yeah. um i do think <laughs> i that, just like the way that you called uh, it entertainment product well we, we, i mean ultimately that is yeah, yeah, yeah. no are, no no it's, know, like, yeah, no disagreement and um so obviously having said that because of the gravity of what we're seeing specifically in the United States, but all over the world in terms of uh, uprisings and resistance to police violence, it's affected hockey too. We've seen a lot of players and a lot of teams make statements about riots. I prefer to call them uprisings about the death of George Floyd, about, Brianna Police Taylor. violence, Brianna Taylor, Tony McDade. Um, I I always struggle to pronounce the person from Toronto. Uh, uh, Regis Porchinski Paquette. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I think that overall, I'm I'm going to be critical here, and I think all of us are going to be critical here. But overall, I do want to say that I'm heartened that even something like the hockey world, which is at worst tremendously reactionary and at best tremendously complicit, has reacted to this. Yeah. Um, 
But before I get into talking about that, um, I did just want to make a point that I am not the most qualified person to talk about it. <laughs> and none of us are. And I think, Vyasa, you have some thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of other things that you should be probably listening to right now. Uh, like openly like podcasts by black people who've been taking on the work that should be unnecessary for them to have to take on, but are doing anyways to educate us, uh, us all non-black people, me included. Um, I could plug two quick things here. Uh, I was hoping to do it maybe at the beginning of the episode, but we can do it now. I've really enjoyed the Sandy and Nora podcast, which, uh, has, has one white co-host, Nora Laredo, uh, Laredo, but, uh, recent episodes, uh, so the other co-host is uh, Sandy Hudson, who started Black Lives Matters Toronto, uh, is an amazing commentator. She's been in the limelight a lot more recently. Uh, they Their last episode about defunding the police is incredible. I, I think you should check out, I would recommend any of the TV interviews, YouTube, you can find them on YouTube with Sandy Hudson, anything with Desmond Cole, anything with Robin Maynard. All three of these are black people living in, in Canada. Uh, I'd also plug reading Robin Maynard's book, Policing Black Lives. Uh, and uh, even going back to authors like James Baldwin uh, and The Fire Next Time, uh, there's there's a lot of other things that I think you should probably be listening to, although uh, self-care is really important and just like being able to have some escapism. And so it's totally natural. Like, yeah, come to Roxy Fever. We still want to be able to provide that. We still want to be able to... Uh, talk the talk about the politics and justice of hockey and uh do our group therapy thing um yeah <laughs> we don't yeah. need to tell you what's going on uh we don't need to provide context but we do need to i will say we do have to continue to ask ourselves hosts and listeners to continue to do the work of educating ourselves um the resources out there are very easily available uh if you just it like it the task that it involves is listening to black people like yeah if you no, just are willing true. to look out and hear what they're saying uh, there's so much information yeah. out there um and you know putting your money where your mouth is if you have it is great signing petitions demanding immediate change from your authorities and if it's safe like go join protests and especially if you're going to do that go get on the front line so black people aren't facing the brunt of capital's fists like they have most of their lives and yeah i, if you I ever can't feel, stress that enough yeah if and another thing, just like this came up for me talking to some law student that I knew who kept asking me about police defunding in a really condescending way. If you ever feel yeah. like you know enough, you don't. Yeah. This is the least you can do. Um, no matter what. Um, yeah, that like, w I I appreciated being able to talk in the beginning of the last episode. Um, to do the kind of call to action to go donate, and it was amazing to get people to donate and near the end of the episode, we're going to give a shout out to all our donors. Um, yeah. I, I want to yeah. uh, reserve a chunk at the yeah. end of the episode to talk about yeah. that. And the last thing I'll just say on that, I like wasn't too prepared for these points, but if you've donated, that is amazing. It made us really, really happy. And we'll talk more about that later, but you, you just have to know that that is like, you've stepped into the door. You've, yeah. you've taken, you've taken one step forward. Maybe you've taken many steps before that. Um, but donating kind of doesn't mean that much uh 
it we 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 need to have a society of people who are educated about listening to black people and try and trying to undo their own anti-blackness and so much work to be done donating your wealth is a is a great first step it's very important that you do that but um it it means that you've like paid like you've you're you're in the club now uh there's a lot more dues that you have to pay it may not necessarily be financial uh There's Haven't a lot of showing that. up you have to do. And that's and so yeah, I'll close on that for now. Something that I want to point out and that I think will be the theme of the remainder of our discussion is that while donating money is essentially only a first step to supporting what I I truly believe is the most significant thing that has maybe happened in my lifetime mm-hmm. in terms of actually shifting the paradigm away from the just absolute horrific dystopian hell world that we live in towards maybe building something that not only is better for everyone, but also just has a future, which yeah. I think is something that that is that gets buried sometimes like i don't just want to build a better world i want to build a world that actually has a future which is something that i don't uh, see much of these days yeah yeah um is that as inadequate as simply giving 20 bucks to something is it is a lot more meaningful than most of what i i have seen from the hockey world over yes, the past absolutely. yes yeah absolutely yeah um and i i i have to i want to make two observations here. The first is that I really, really appreciate that a lot of hockey players have come out and said something about what's happening because uh, I must reluctantly admit that it is progress. It is major progress to see people acknowledging that shit sucks. Yeah. And I was actually listening to a thing by like a small thing, uh, like an Angela Davis uh, zoom call with a bunch of other people. Uh, and she was just so surprised to see like all these people, all these famous people, white like white powerful people and athletes say the words like "I'm acknowledging my white privilege," yeah. uh, "I'm acknowledging that I don't know what it is to live in in these people's shoes," and like using a lot of language that has mostly been like uh, insular or like mm-hmm. uh, inaccessible, like social justice sure. warrior knowledge yeah. has like hit the mainstream of the Jake Pauls of the world, the Tyler yeah. Sagan's of the world. That's it's it's I'm not I'm, nothing sufficient about it, but that's I, well, like pretty I'm wild. I'm glad you mentioned Tyler Sagan because yeah. I do uh, once again reluctantly because uh, I don't like Tyler Sagan. No, <laughs> I will just be honest about that. Uh, there are a lot is of he, reasons is he why the one like who slept with like uh, what uh, fucking Chiarelli's daughter or something? Is that the one uh, that we talked about the other day? I allegedly, allegedly, um, someone. Allegedly. Well, I don't know about. Yeah, we're not in court, uh, folks. <laughs> what is not alleged is uh, I believe someone hipped me to a statement that he made that he was only attracted to white women, which oh, is yeah, uh, yeah. fucked up to say the least. And also, he made some insanely homophobic comments about the Sedians, which I will never forgive oh, him right. for because yeah. I am a uh, I am nothing if not a petty bitch. But at the same time, <laughs> um, I also have to acknowledge that. Other than basically every hockey player, other than JT Brown and maybe Josh Hosang, he has done more for. We're not going to, and we're not going to talk about Evander Kane either. 
<laughs> yeah, no, for yeah. for obvious reasons. The thing about uh, all I'll say about Evander Kane is that I will listen to him insofar as that he talks about racism in hockey because I think he is qualified to talk about it. But yep. I also don't think that he is uh, uh, the kind of person that I would like to be center stage right now. Yeah, for other reasons, but um, and that's what makes his whole situation so complicated, right? Yeah, and it's interesting, and it's it's the kind of thing that, that can be, I think, explored because it's undeniable that, like, a lot of hockey players have extremely fucked up skeletons in their closet when it comes to their relationships with women, but only Evander Kane really seems to get shit for it. So this is that interesting convergence of it's good that Evander Kane gets shit for what he does, but it's not fair mm-hmm. that he's the only mm-hmm. person. But... um. As far as Tyler Sagan is concerned, he's there, you know, like he is down there at those protests and I respect that. And what I want to get into here over the back half of the episode is we've seen a lot of players, most teams make statements, but what is happening right now? And they are virtually all insufficient. And the reason I say that is because I think there is a tendency among white people specifically because ultimately basically every statement that's been made by a black person who plays in the NHL has been extremely valuable for some reason or another. Uh, Josh Hosang, I thought, made some extremely good points, cited James Baldwin, which is always a good sign. Oh, seriously? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah. and Josh Hosang also has been given an extremely raw deal. He is basically like a... He's like Nikolai Goldobin, but better in terms yeah. of his hockey abilities and his player profile. And he has absolutely been uh, railroaded because he's black. Um, mm-hmm. And so the, the, the black players in the NHL who've made statements, I think there's a lot of value there. Because they're speaking from a position of having been affected by this. But I think most of the statements, if not all of the statements by white players, are insufficient because they all kind of fall into the trap of navel-gazing, essentially. Um, It's Mm -hmm. something that I see a lot of right now, especially among among white people, but specifically among white people who... um, I would deem perhaps somewhat self-congratulatory in somewhat of a self-congratulatory way as like insufficiently radical. Um, White people should not be thanked for meeting the low bar. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That's a really great way of putting it. I think the, the, what the, to expand on that, um, please. The problem that we are facing right now is not a problem of your personal growth as a white person to yeah. be less racist. Yeah. And this is a thing that I've seen like a lot of and that, that irritates me a lot. Um, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on what's happening. I have other shit to do. Um, I'm a naturally easily distracted person. And it's easy to miss things. But one thing that I saw that I found equal part uh found to be equally heartening and frustrating was a group of protesters kind of raising their arms i wish i knew where this was and i wish i had something specifically to cite but it was basically a group of protesters raising their arms and renouncing their white privilege 
And uh, I thought this is extremely <sighs> well-intentioned, but also extremely narcissistic because uh, the, the issue here, to, to, to just put it mildly, is uh, like cops are not going to um, start stop killing people because you acknowledge that you have benefited from being white in some way. And I think it's ultimately, while extremely uh, well-intentioned, it's very narcissistic. Yeah. And and it's also like, I want, I want to be careful how I put this, but I think it's also needlessly um, apologetic in the sense that um, I think that a lot of people overestimate their connection to an institution that exists specifically, and I'm talking about the police here, that exists specifically to protect property owners, to protect not just people who own property, but people who own a lot of property and people who have a lot of money. Yeah. And I think that, that the ultimately, like while it's extremely well-intentioned for so-and-so white NHLer to come out and say, I've benefited from being white, um, there needs to be an increased focus on the institutions that perpetuate systemic racism and a lot less focus on um, individual soul searching. Yeah. If that uh, makes sense. I hope uh, it makes sense because I've had a few drinks and I, <laughs> no, I, and I don't feel, I don't feel especially um, qualified to talk about this, but I, but I have no been frustrated by a lot of what I've seen. So no worries. I, well, in a in a chat that I was in, somebody had posted the video of uh, of all the white people like I renounce my white privilege. Mm-hmm. One of the replies to it in the DM was like, "How is this preferable to burning down buildings?" Which made me <laughs> laugh a lot. Holy shit! Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Which, Thank you. You know what? I don't think we need to expand on. I think yeah. that's very clear. Itself. No, that really and is the perfect way of Kate, putting it. Like, yeah. And then my friend Kate Jacobson. I'm just going to continue. Just a couple. Oh, I love Kate things. Jacobson. By the way, uh, she she is the host of Alberta Advantage. Uh, we were joking with her that it's her and her concubines because there's like a <laughs> like a rotating cast of a bunch of like men uh who we don't know we don't know who they are i think they say their names but we always forget their names but the, kate is the star of the show absolutely but she said lol this shit is protestantism to me and <laughs> wonderful <laughs> which I loved. but then like the really cutting thing for me was deal with your white guilt with your white friends or your therapist oh thank you yes absolutely <laughs> no this is really like so i want to say that I want to something that the 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 thread that I want to draw out through the remainder of our conversation here is that there are good things and bad things about what we're seeing, and chief among the good things is the humility, and that's something that I think a lot of people, but specifically white people, could have used to show a lot more of a lot sooner than we're seeing. Yes. And it's something that I keep trying to, um, because I'm a loudmouth, and I love to have a have an opinion. It's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. But ultimately, there is a there is a time to step back and realize that your perspective on something is not the most important. And something that, <laughs> while it is a slogan and while it is insufficient, is heartening to see is a lot of white NHLers coming out and saying, you know, I I ultimately don't get what's going on. And that is a start because it's true. 
If you're Jonathan Taves, if you're Luke Gazdick, if you're Brock Besser, if you're any of these people who have made a statement about this, you don't get it, probably. Uh, Unless you're, like, one of the extremely rare NHL players who was extreme who was very poor growing up and somehow lucked out into an NHL career or you are a racialized person you really do not understand what's going on um, you know who does understand what's going on uh i i just pulled up uh, call of duty just on the back like pro- i promise i i i'm better you know we know i'm better with podcasting when i'm playing games <laughs> yeah no I'm, the, i i i'm following you it's fine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> right before the screen is Black Lives Matter. <laughs> like, it's a Call of Duty Black Lives Matter statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I want to die. Yeah. Um, oh, and this is, this is really the thing oh, that gosh. I feel um, like I wish I was smarter. This is one of those situations where I really feel the limits of my own experience, knowledge, and intelligence. But something that I've seen that has really frustrated me is the admittedly well-intentioned impulse among what I am going to call woke hockey people, which is a... Us? No, I, I say that as a um, an ambivalent term, a neutral term. Yeah. Right? Uh, the impulse among woke hockey people to demand that their local hockey team Make a statement on this. And I'm going to lay some depressing truth on some people right now. No matter how much you love something, no matter how much you love a hockey team, a brand, a company. um, My dear fiance, Rachel, loves Disney as an example. Uh, there There is no brand in the world that has anything meaningful to say about what's happening right now. Because... Just as an example, I've seen some some otherwise very smart people go uh, saying things like, why haven't the Canucks made a statement yet? And they did eventually make a statement that was uh, completely devoid of any meaningful uh, anything at all and uh, completely limp-dicked. But I saw a lot of people demand that the Canucks make a statement about what's happening right now. And... Um, I think that in itself is counterproductive. I think there's a real, I have a real fear here of what's happening being co-opted. And I think people underestimate the extent to which even the most radical movement and language can be co-opted by brands. And I can't speak for every NHL market, but I can speak for Vancouver and I can speak for the Canucks. Um, the police, the people who are doing violence um, on a horrendous scale to particularly brown, uh, black and brown people, but also poor people of all stripes, they their function in society is to protect the interests of a person like Francesco Aquilini. And therefore, mm-hmm. the PR department of a team that is owned by Francesco Aquilini cannot make a meaningful statement on what is happening right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it is extremely counterproductive to demand that they do it because I think that ultimately what that does, the function of that is to essentially um, 
I'm trying to find the right, right word here. Um, it launders the reputation of someone like Francesco Aquilini. Yes. Who is probably, at least in BC, one of the most singularly responsible people for police violence in BC um, through opposing rent control, through mm-hmm. owning fucking a third of the properties in the city of Vancouver, uh, through owning a company citation employees yes uh, yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm that's a that's a that's a (laughs) yeah no no problem i I say that as an as an exaggeration or whatever but through owning a company that employs almost uh exclusively migrant workers to do work that no person in bc no self-respecting person in bc would ever do because they're not desperate enough um i don't need their take on this and i'm and i'm not interested in it and I think you that, just push it pushes them to be like, okay, I guess we got to say the Black Lives Matters thing, and they yeah. start co-opting the language. Yeah, and yeah. that's and a, it makes it mean less. And but, exactly, yeah, yeah, it's it's actually ultimately a negative thing, and I, and I know people don't really want to hear that, but like this thing that's happening is is more important than the sports Elliot's team that you like, right? Elliot, please say what you were going to say. Well, so like people want the team as a collection of hockey players that they like to say something, but. That's not the team as a corporate entity. Like these are two separate things. Yes. Yeah, it's that di- cognitive dissonance. Of, like the I get that. Like oh, the Canucks are not actually my hometown. Like squad of of the boys <laughs> going out to play the Wild, <laughs> going out to yeah. play Minnesota's teams. Like no, 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 it's not that. Francesco Aquilini is not like our king, or you know, I mean, he kind of. He kind of is, whether we like it or not. But no, I understand the point that you're making. Like, and this is where I do want to draw a line. Like, I, I, um, I really do respect the players that are saying something, because ultimately, like, um, a lot of them aren't really taking much of a risk. But, um, I think that they can make meaningful statements because while athletes are, um as a general rule, much more privileged than most people and have much more wealth than most people. They are still ultimately employees. They are still ultimately workers. And so they, when someone like Elias Pettersson comes out and says like... Well, it's arguably it's also really precarious for them because the fact that... Yeah, no, exactly. What could I do on this show that's consistent with like my values, not being like an absolute horrible human being would actually get me in trouble at work. Yeah. And it would cause a media outcry that would make my work get mad at me. Like, I would have to do something pretty malicious. Mm-hmm. Whereas I can't say, like, oh, Black Lives Matter, and people get mad and call my work about it. Whereas people will get mad about NHL players saying that and have material impacts on their employer's bottom line. Yeah, and that's where where I do want to make the distinction is that, like, I, I think that even as limp-dicked as almost all of the athlete statements on what's happening right now are, they are still valuable in the sense that their, their statements mean something because their lives still have some sort of resemblance to the life of a normal person. But Francesco Aquilini's life does not have any, even the most minor resemblance to any normal person. And... I think that um as soon as as soon as you can't put a face to a a statement on what is ultimately like a radical political movement 
as soon as you can't attach an actual human being to that, you really risk uh, diluting the message of that thing. I, that was more than anything else the thing that I wanted to get that, get out there because I've seen things like I I saw someone someone I'm not familiar with and I I don't want to put anyone specifically on blast because I think overall. I've been heartened by how well-meaning people are, and I have seen a shift, and so I don't want to shame anyone for not being good enough because I am seeing a meaningful first step being taken by a lot of people. We have low expectations of these folks. Yeah, ultimately, that's exactly it, right? Like, I just don't have very high expectations of anyone in hockey, and that's actually part of the reason why we didn't have a guest this week is because I just thought, if someone is going to trip over their own dick talking about this, I would rather it be me, Elliot, and Vias than anyone else in yeah. the hockey world. Um, the term tripping over your own dick implies that you're a really huge dick, right? Like that's the point of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think more so Kinda. it implies that you're so uh, uncoordinated and stupid that you manage to trip over yes. something that yeah. is uh, that you should never Otherwise impossible over. to trip over. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, famously impossible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, it reminds me of uh, tripping over the blue line for some reason. No, that's which, a, is, actually, which is one of my favorite terms. That's actually a perfect metaphor. Um, yeah, I just think that right now the the political and cultural moment that we're in, hockey's very ill-equipped to deal with it, and so I feel like there's value in sort of positioning ourselves in the cracks of those things and pointing those things out. But the the biggest thing that I wanted to just address is that um, I think that there's nothing wrong with pointing out these sort of good faith statements of players and going, hey, it's nice that Elias Pettersson said a thing about how racism is, racism is bad. Um, I must reluctantly admit that that is progress, even if it's uh, mostly pretty, like, meaningless. But um, no, there's no NHL team that can make a meaningful statement on this. And I think that people have to be a little bit more savvy when it comes to how easily a radical, poli- meaning, a radical and not just radical, but meaningful political movement can be co-opted by brands, uh, by people who are simply trying to play you to make money. And that you shouldn't assume everyone is operating in good faith. And I think that's that's a really important thing to, to keep an eye on. Um, I wanted to read a statement by Jonathan Taves because I thought that it was really kind of illustrative of this concept within hockey. Because this is a statement that got a lot of praise. And I don't want to completely shit on Johnny Taves because I I do ultimately think like it's nice that he said something and that in if we're grading on a curve here um the fact that <laughs> Jonathan Taves is even willing to say I think global warming is real uh <laughs> basically like qualifies him as a radical within uh uh, yeah. The NHLPA, you know, like I, I um, it's one of those tough things where um, I think one recurring theme. He's the one non-anti-vaxxer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we've we've meant I think we've brought this up on the show before, but like 
I think a recurring theme on Roxy Fever is just that like none of these people are your friends, you mm-hmm. know? And yeah. I and I'm not um there are go some in, go enjoy the fast men on skates go fast. Exactly. Score goals. And there That's there, okay. There yeah, are You can leave it at that. Exactly. And there are a few hockey players. Um JT Brown, Ted Lindsay, uh Willie O'Ree who are very 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 cool people who have done some very 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 good things. But I have a lot of skepticism towards people who want to project woke ideas onto something that is just fundamentally like you're watching a bunch of rich people pay other rich people to skate around on ice. You know, consumption isn't politics. And that's uh, something that I think... Please donate to Roxy Fever at roxyfever.com slash Patreon. <laughs> yeah, I or, mean, a lot fuck, of... I keep fucking it up. <laughs> a lot of people yeah, have uh, donated a lot of money to um, numerous causes related to oh we're doing that already uh black lives matter etc so if you can donate to that then it only stands to reason that you could donate five month dollars a month to <laughs> patreon.com slash roxy no uh, uh yeah. that's a that's not true um we'll get there yeah we'll get there uh but i did want to read this statement because vias my understanding is that you have not read this and nope. I, I would just be interested on I would just be interested to get like your opinion on this because this was really something that generated a lot of positive response. And my initial reaction to it was this sucks. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't something that I've been thinking about a lot recently is that I'm, I think I'm very bad at distinguishing between something that is bad politically and something that is uh, just cringy, like aesthetically, yeah, yeah. right? Um, there are, and I see this a lot on, on, I'm back on Facebook now, finally. And something that I see a lot what of- What a sentence. Yeah, I know, right? Something that I see a lot of is people saying things that are maybe just not for me, right? Like they're for a different audience and they might be useful, but I read them and I just think like, ooh. <laughs> I, yeah. I read them and just immediately go like, "Oh my god, that's uh, extremely that's some hate, John yeah. Oliver shit." <laughs> you know, yeah. that's some yeah. that's some Stephen Colbert, uh, <laughs> John Stewart shit that uh, I have no interest in. And so, I would be kind of interested to just get a response to this in terms of how what the utility of it is. Yeah, Elliot, have you read it? I think I have, but I promptly forgot what was in it. Okay. So I'm I'm just going to read it. I don't know how much of this we'll keep in here, but I think it is useful to go through because it is both good and bad, in my opinion. Jonathan Taves uh, from, you know, roughly end of May, beginning of June. A lot of people may claim these riots and acts of destruction are a terrible response. I'll be the first to admit that as a white male, that was also my first reaction. So... This gets into the thing that I have liked about what a lot of NHLers are saying, which is the humility. The understanding that basically if you're a white NHL player, you are a reactionary. And, you know, uh, I respect I respect humility. It is uh, a quality that I have never particularly had. So, <laughs> um, I also think it's a really valuable like rhetorical tact. I mean... Rhetorical tactics sounds cynical, but I don't mean it cynically. Sure. 
but I think it is useful because mm. if someone like a lot of people do have that reaction and being able to say, I understand why you have that gut reaction, but here's why, you know, my real response is not my gut response is pretty valuable. Yeah. I think like it's meeting people where they're at. Yes. Yeah. And I think more than anything else, that is the thing. That's the reason why I do this show is, uh, I want to meet people where they at. And you might say that where Canadians are at is hockey. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a sense of like, this is our hockey community and we want to take care of it. We want to see it go somewhere better. Um, so we're going to dunk on like the, the stupid losers of it, but then also try to speak to them. <laughs> yes. At the same time. Exactly. But who am I to tell someone that their pain is not real? especially when it is at a boiling point and impossible to hold in anymore. It's obviously coming from a place of truth. This reaction isn't coming out of thin air. I would say that's um, a fair observation, but this is where it takes a turn. I'm not condoning or approving the looting, but are we really going to sit here and say that peaceful protesting is the only answer? There has been plenty of time for that, and if it was the answer, we would have given it our full attention long ago. So, I think this is well-intentioned, but... I got a wild take coming up. Okay, well, let let it out, because I... <laughs> well, first I'm going to say that I kind of actually think that's also pretty effective. I have some, I have some opinions on this, but I would like to hear what Vyas has to say first. Um, related to our last episode... Anybody who thinks fight or uh, violence doesn't get you anywhere, why do you support fighting in hockey? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's actually great. No, that's that's very fair. Um, <laughs> it's not that that's not a response to necessarily the Taves, but to because uh, he, you know, he said he he did like the the, the I'm not going to say mealy mouth response, but like, sure. oh, I don't condole the violence, but like I understand it. Yeah, the people to the people who just say I don't condone the violence. Period. Um, I don't know. It's it's like if you're talk if we're talking to if we were to talk to somebody who is that hockey goon um, is the guy supporting fighting period. I don't know. It's a, it's a similar it's a similar line of logic to me. It's like yeah, this no, stuff doesn't sure. look great, but if you think it's useful, and <laughs> if it yeah. turns out to be useful, if you are one of the ninety eight percent of NHLers that supports fighting, you should support. I want Brian McGratton to come out and say yes, go bomb a bank. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So That's Brian McGrath. That's not me. <laughs> yeah, this is the main point I wanted to make. I think, and that I think is um, is missing right now, especially in the hockey world, is that it is not particularly useful to even mention looting and rioting. And this is something where where I think uh, this takes a really long time to notice to become hip to so i don't i don't fault people too much for wanting to address it but by even mentioning violence looting rioting etc you are opening up the rhetorical space for the right to basically uh obfuscate what is happening to open up a a space for people to oppose what's happening on sort of procedural grounds, and I think it's very counterproductive. The smartest way to approach this is to either say looting is cool and good and I support people getting free shit from Target 
because the free shit that people are getting from Target cannot possibly uh, equal the amount of looting that giant corporations have done in black communities. But more importantly, uh, I just think that mentioning it at all is a mistake because it just opens up an, an avenue of conversation that doesn't need to exist. Um, hmm. There are a lot of people who true. love to talk about the lesser of two evils. And boy, uh, a few people getting some free shit from Target or burning down a uh, random apartment building or whatever else versus uh, multiple hundreds of years of state violence, that is about mm -hmm. as lesser of two evils as I can mm -hmm. imagine mm -hmm. in my entire fucking life. Um, so I don't Take have that a lot logic dorks. Yeah. I don't have a lot of time for people who are like, well, we have to also mention that it's bad that people stole some t-shirts from target. It kind of just, uh, ignores the, how the do you look at point. everything that's going on and be decide that this is the thing you care about? Yeah. yeah. It's just, and, 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 and I get it. It's, it's a hockey thing. It's, it's the, the, the hockey community's desire to constantly play every side of every issue where, um, You're playing a two-way game, you might say. Yeah, sorry, no, I don't no. know why. <laughs> like you say that as a joke, but it's true. Um, it is like we cannot possibly uh, make the distinction between one thing that is more important than another thing. That's that's intrinsic to hockey. It's intrinsic to hockey to to say that you know uh, blocking shots is an is as important as scoring goals and that, and in the same way it is intrinsic to hockey to say that a few people getting some free shit from target is as important as a uh, some guy having a knee on his neck until he choked to death it, it really is like yeah. i i i this is something i've been thinking about and researching for a long time and i i do kind of think it is a a hockey psychosis um, that is shared by by most of the media and many of the fans. But I'm going to continue with the statement here because I think that's about as harsh on Johnny as I'm going to be. So he's he's addressing the video that he posted here. Um, so I, I, I don't have the context for it necessarily, but I'm just going to read it anyways. Listen to these two men debate. They are lost. They are in pain. They strive for a better future, but as they get older, they realize their efforts may be futile. They don't know the answer of how to solve the problem for the next generation of black women and men. This breaks my heart. So I think, again, the humility is is good to see. And I do think that I think a lot of people right now, including myself, feel a little bit inadequate in terms of like, how do we fix the problem? And I think a lot of people feel like they don't know. And and uh, Taves obviously feels that way, too. But I can't pretend for a second that I know what it feels like to walk in a black man's shoes. However, Seeing the video of George Floyd's death and the violent reaction across the country moved me to tears. It has pushed me to think how much pain are black people and other minorities really feeling? What have Native American people dealt with in both Canada and the U.S.? What is it really like? That was nice to hear. Yeah, it is really, really yeah. nice. Especially he is from Winnipeg, and so hopefully he saw what happened to three um, indigenous uh, people in Winnipeg like that week. Yeah. Three people got murdered. Yeah. So I'm hoping he's attuned to what's going on at home. I um I I went to high school in Parksville. By police, right? by the way. <laughs> yes, yes, by police, yeah. I, I went to high school in Parksville. Um my my best friend is from Port Alberni and basically every <laughs> Vias, you might have noticed this as someone who went to UVic, but like 
people from Victoria are not very good at um, integrating anyone into the community of people who are from Victoria. So if you're a transplant, chances are you're going to make friends with other transplants. Yeah, yeah. And um, so basically every friend I've made since I moved to Victoria has been from Port Alberni. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, and um, so it, it it affected me very deeply to see what happened to Chantel Moore. Um, mm. Because she is a she would have been from the graduating class after mine. Oh, and wow. she's from Port Alberni, and it was just it was just very disturbing. Like it was just a very personal connection to this idea wow. of like somebody that um, you know, chances are one of my very good friends went to high school with um, yeah. got killed because they because the cops were doing a mental health Wellness check. check. Yeah. yeah, you need you need guns for those. Apparently. Yeah, um, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I have actually, um, w- uh, my fiance and I met when we were teenagers, and her home situation when she was a teenager was not great, and we had the we uh, we moved into our first place together, and because of numerous uh, sort of mental health problems that both of us were having at the time. Uh, we got into a very bad fight in the sense that we just yelled at each other a lot and there was some banging on walls and stuff. And um, and it, we got the cops called on us. And it was, like, undeniably the probably the worst and most dehumanizing experience of my life, but worse uh, of my fiance's life because she had mental health problems and she was caught in numerous uh, layers of bu- bureaucracy because she was a minor and she was living with me mm. and trying to escape a um, all the love in the world to her parents now, but it was just not a very good situation that she was in at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, for telling us that. like, I think a lot about how much better it would have been if someone had called a social worker to our place. You know, there's actually a really interesting conversation going around <laughs> about that. Yeah, um, I know uh, about social workers, like the, <laughs> but... the 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 defund the police thing. Um, is something I can place a personal uh, attachment to because I know that um, if we were in a situation where somebody other than the cops were called on us, yeah. I think we would have been in a much better position. Yeah. But um, uh, just a small yeah. thing. Uh, I will have probably a co-written op-ed in the tie out Hell maybe yeah. by the time the episode comes out. And it's about talking about the discourse around defund the police. And just when you mentioned social workers, like kind of the point of what we were writing is like, okay, there's, it's great that we have this end of policing, defund the police uh, conversation. A lot of people, especially whites, have been quick to mention social work. Ooh. This is, and this is, by the way, this is not like argument. Here. No, this is great. Um, if it's you an interesting me, part if you're of the gonna, discourse. If you're gonna make, put me on blast for saying that, I appreciate it no, because it, it's it's not putting well. Okay, you know what? Let's let's say it's on blast. Sure. No, uh, I, but that's great, not where, that's, that's not the point that's yeah. coming from. Uh, it's to add to the conversation. Yeah. Um, a lot of white people will say especially in Canada, like, okay, well, social workers would be much better than police. Uh, indigenous people's history with social workers. Oh. Social workers are kind of the frontline soldiers yeah. of genocide you in Canada. You know what? You're right. Yeah. It, and it's very, yeah, and it was like, like uh, I quickly remember, like, my best friend uh, has been a social worker for a while. Sure. And he hates all the other social yeah, workers um, in his life par- because of those types. Parenthetically, my, um, so... Uh, without getting I don't like talking about myself on the show because I uh, no a, don't think it's interesting and B I think it's it ties into the whole like it's kind of narcissistic 
uh thing that that we that I mentioned earlier but um there are one two three four five six seven kids in my family um both my parents like my parents uh my mom was was uh married before me before she had me with with my dad and she got married after and then my dad also remarried after my parents split up there are seven kids in my family there's me and there's my brother and we're both white but every other kid in my family is not white because my mom married a Japanese man and my dad married uh, a Jewish woman who was previously married to an indigenous man and has two uh, indigenous daughters. Um, and so my, my, my sisters are both, are both indigenous and uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, social workers kind of suck. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it, it's not a thing like, Oh, well there's nobody else to go to. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. there needs to be a broader conversation about like, right. how to at, effectively. At the same time, I also uh, would say that like, if a social worker had gone to my house, that would have been better. Yeah. It, yeah like nobody the thing is nobody would have died right yeah right like <laughs> distinctions like like holy shit um yeah. uh the cops were very very bad at dealing yeah. with that situation they had a lot of uh preconceived notions about where, what was happening and um, mm-hmm. it was not good um regardless i will uh, i'm just going to finish reading this because it gets better yeah, 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 this let's, is this is where we're yeah. um this is where it's going and, and yeah yeah what is it really like to grow up in their world where am I ignorant about the privileges that I may have had that others don't? Compassion to me is at least trying to feel and understand, feel and understand are in all caps, what someone else is going through. For just a moment, maybe I can try to see the world through their eyes. COVID has been rough, but it has given us the opportunity to be much less preoccupied with our busy lives. We can no longer distract ourselves from the truth of what is going on. My message isn't for black people and what they should do going forward. My message is to white people to open our eyes and our hearts. That's the only choice we have. Otherwise, this will continue. Let's choose to fight hate and fear with love and awareness. Ask not what you can do for me, but what I can do for you. Be the one to make the first move. In the end, love conquers all. So um, I think this is very well-intentioned. And that's the first point that I want to make. And I think it is a necessary first step. But I also think it is too inwardly focused. Um, I have stayed quiet on a lot of this stuff, especially online, because ultimately this is one of those things where while I really want to help, it's not about me. And it's not about it's my similar, personal it's similar journey to, the, to be less privileged, right? Yeah, it's similar to the like the little thing I mentioned that somebody said about uh, talking about like the crowd talking about your white privilege. It really feels like all these tweets are about these hockey players like having therapy online. Yes, and I that's it's fine. I don't have like a strong opinion about it, but like I'm bored. I'm I have not. I'm not going to pay attention to this. That's a this really not, for me. Yeah, this is not really for anybody. That's a really great like, point. No. Except those guys. Yeah, I know it might. I know it could influence, and it it bugs me that this is probably the case that it, you know, it, it might influence the kid who's like Sidney Crosby's my hero. Well, actually, a oh, bad example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no really shit. Yeah, um, but you know, Jonathan Taves is my hero, and like he's going to open me up to this. Like, okay, fine, but I'm bored. <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> like, uh, no, I get that. I really do. Like, I think that the question that keeps coming back to me 
through all of this. And I think this segues nicely to the to the end portion of the episode where we want to talk about people who who have made a difference. Is and some people who have not. Yes. Um. Anyways. Is the question of who benefits from what's happening, right? And something that I keep I keep coming back to, even with the 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 people that I really really like, like I really really like that Elias Patterson said something. I think that what he said was really sweet, and I think that Elias Patterson, as a person, as a uh, as a human being, as someone that you would go and and hang out and play video games with or whatever. It's probably a very, very nice, sweet person. But ultimately, if a statement is made without any specific call to action, and more importantly, without any material or monetary contribution, ultimately benefits the person making the statement more than the people Mm -hmm. they are making the statement for or about. I want, yeah, like, I want PD to go donate to somewhere. Like, set an example. Yeah. That'd be very, that'd be very easy. Yeah. So, on the subject of that, (laughs) um, we have some people that we want to thank, but also we have a a little story that I just wanted you to regale (laughs) the listeners with, Vyas. Well, so we'll seg, we'll seg like this. Um, Talking about, like, oh, it would be nice for PD to give money. A trend that we've seen, however, with our, with our own donors. Um, and uh, like with, with the donors, sorry, not our own donors, but the people who donated yes. uh, and contributed to our account. Um, I haven't seen a lot of rich people give money. Well, isn't I that have interesting, seen, Vyas? I have seen a lot. <laughs> yeah. Not I, I've seen a lot of our people who I know are not, do, maybe not doing so hot, but or just my <laughs> our listeners who aren't rich. Yeah. I know for a fact are not rich. Uh, give not only money, give a lot of money. Yeah. And, uh, not only through the Roxy fever thing, but even on Instagram stories, I, I was randomly upset about the whole like blackout photo thing. And, <laughs> and I, decided I do to not just... fucking blame you, my man. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> you know, we're not going to waste time, not gonna on, waste that, time Jesus on it. Christ. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, like, Kate, you know, I'm, the, I'm not going to blame people if they have nobody one thing? around them. Uh, the most what? important thing about the Black Lives Matter movement is that people know that I specifically am cool and good. That yeah. is the uh, <laughs> that is the thing that I have yeah. seen a lot of. Yep. When uh, when I saw that on Instagram, I I saw a lot of like discourse about like how to respond to that, and I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to call them out, but I'm going to be nice about it. And so I said, hey, everybody who posted one of these things. Uh, take it down, or donate to something. Uh, like to to a to a black group. Um, that is relevant to this. Um, and I give and I give some suggestions, and then send me the receipt. Same kind of similar to how we did the Roxy Fever thing, but more as like a like a, a not not a threat, but like, uh, oh, you're woke. Show me receipts. Yeah. Put put your uh, money literally. where your mouth is. And but maybe yeah, the yeah, most. I, uh, Maybe the most uh, clear example of putting your money yeah. in your mouth is, right? I Some people did not disclose how much money they gave, and I didn't ask, but they had receipts. Sure. Dude, I, total of $1,045, like $1,045 was raised by doing that, just like within a day. Yeah. I got so many people just being like, oh, fuck, I should send money. Yeah. Uh, it was wild. Uh, but a lot of the people who did it were the people who I'm like, Oh fuck! I wish you didn't give money. 
Because yeah, that's funny. You're like, I know how much you're struggling. You're like a single parent or something. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. fuck. And I was, I didn't want to like tell that to them. And like, that's not for me to like, uh, to like feel or tell them. But yeah, um, rich people, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> Come man. On. You should, you should like, look, Jackson. If I'm you, just gonna say it. You gave two hundred bucks, right? Uh, yeah, I gave. That's I, a lot of I money gave, for you. I gave two. I know that. I gave two hundred bucks, no questions asked. Um. And I assume a chunk of that will probably come out of the Patreon money at some point. Um, sure. But, yeah. That's but totally it wasn't, fine. That wasn't something that I was thinking about, right? Like I, I gave, I gave two hundred bucks a month, which I, I don't like to be super public about what the Patreon money is for a variety of reasons. But I will say, we don't make two hundred dollars a month from the Patreon. I'll just say that. No. Um, no, we don't. No. We don't. And. Um, yeah, I gave $200, no questions asked, because um, I, well, <laughs> because I asked you what to give money to, and you said give $50 to these four organizations. So we did Oh, it. well, that, sorry, um, I thought I thought what you meant was, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I thought you, I thought the question was about where, where should Roxy Fever send the money wow. to? <laughs> that's that's not important. The, the, that's not important. The, okay. the, the important point is, for the first time in my life, I'm debt-free, and so... Whatever is happening, I congratulations. Can, That's I amazing. can um, I, thanks to COVID. It sounds insane. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I gave I gave I gave two hundred bucks to these yeah. um, organizations. Both of my mm-hmm. bands also gave a bunch of money to various awesome. different organizations. Um, and awesome, but yeah, it's just the, the, it's the just point one of those is, things that you, you just do it because it's the right thing to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the the point is, it's so interesting to me uh, the class breakdown in and who gave what or who gave period yeah um there's not much yeah. more to say about that on the strict front um should we talk about uh, the story i got yeah tell tell the story and then we'll i i will end on the subject of and this is going to be a very long episode and so i uh i thanks to everyone who made it to the end but we'll we we'll, should, talk we really yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about the story yeah we'll talk about the story and we'll um and then we'll end on the subject of thanking the people who donated and also yeah. making some observations about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I woke up one day and I'm like all every day I'm like, don't check Twitter, don't check Twitter. <laughs> I check Twitter. Uh, and one of the first tweets that I see is Blake Price with the blackout. Yeah. And other people were doing blackouts. He was the first one that I saw that morning with a blue check, who's a big name. And I was like... Hey Blake, this is corny as fuck. Take it down and, <laughs> and put your money and like donate some money. Yeah, <laughs> just like from the Roxy Fever account. I'm just like, yeah, dude, you have this been. Is corny. I have given Vias just uh, as a, as some context here. Context on two things. First Most things are me right now. I have um I have given Vias. I mean, not that you never, not that you ever didn't have free reign on the Twitter account, but you guys just didn't like bring it up. I, I was now. very encouraging of you. This, this time around to have free reign on the Twitter account. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to basically do whatever the fuck you want. And it's been very rewarding for me to watch. It's also been nice to just not have to worry awesome. about the Twitter account for <laughs> awesome. a few days. But um, also, I just wanted to add uh, as some context for this. Sure. I have also gotten into it with Blake Price. And I got into it with Blake Price. Uh, and this is just funny. Like, I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I like Sakaris and Price. I think it's a good show. And um, I, I like listen to that, the show. Yep. Yeah. And I also think that Blake is um, like 
well-meaning and strictly middle of the road when it comes to hockey stuff. I don't think that he's a bad guy. I really don't. Like, he do, I, yeah, I, he doesn't do shit that I hate. Yeah, he no. hasn't said opinions yeah, that I'm almost like never. Oh, that's a terrible. But like, like, dude, I used to love Don Don Taylor, and he said some bullshit yeah. at the Don Cherry stuff. That that's I was exactly like, it. Oh, right? this guy's like a full on reactionary. Yeah. I like this guy. Uh, like, I'm not gonna say threat to my life, but like no, this guy no, no, would no. like the ideal world for him is like one where I'm not in it. Is what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um, uh, so just so to, Blake Price is not one of those guys. No. No. But parenthetically, I have also gotten into it with Blake Price, and I got into it with him uh, sort of just before we started the show, I think, over um, Bell Let's Talk uh, a year yeah. or two ago, oh, you yeah. know, somewhere thereabouts. Um, Megan Shaka made a very hilarious statement on Bell, Bell Let's Talk Day about how you should check in on your entrepreneur friends on Bell Let's Talk Day for some uh, unintelligible reason related to mental health. And I just said something along the lines of, hey, man, let's make sure on this day where we talk about people who uh, kill themselves because they don't have enough money to fucking pay their rent or uh, whatever else, let's make sure to pour one out for the real victims, which is people who get 500 grand from their dad to uh, build a machine that squeezes out bags of juice or something like that. And um and Blake Price got very mad at me for that because it was uh, erasing his uh, brother-in-law who was a small business owner or something. So uh, and what I'm saying is uh, I think Blake is perhaps a bit goofy. And uh, so maybe – but also I think generally a decent person. So perhaps the perfect person to shame into trying – into giving money. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Thirty thousand followers. Uh, whenever he would he would do the uh, Jake for Tannen, uh, uh What was it called? Shotgun uh, Jake. Shotgun Jake. He would do it right in front of like a like a fantastically nice fireplace. <laughs> yes. And, I, and like I didn't hold that against them no, ever. No, no. I was just like, oh, Dave <laughs> Blake Price has got a really nice, nice fireplace apparently. for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and that like I just remembered that. Um, so I was like, okay, this guy probably you know can pony up like 50 bucks i'm sure um probably a lot more than that but you know i'm not going to tell him how much um but yeah and basically he got mad (laughs) (laughs) he got very mad i don't know the screenshots in front of me but he reacted in such a way in one of our favorite ways in uh like better better than any way we've seen before the favorite way of reacting, which is just escalating beyond any sense of proportion. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. And also erasing, <laughs> oh, erasing man. identity. Fuck! What is the deal with that? Yeah. Okay, I'll just Do, let you continue. Um. So, as people know, uh, from Twitter, our Avi is Shane O'Brien and uh, Some Jane Doe. Some lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some lady. Um, Blake Price. Uh. I don't remember how it went, but he basically thought that that was what I look like. Once again, that he was thought this we was Shane like. O'Brien's podcast. Yeah. And he was like, who are you to tell me uh, what I do and do not do? Um, like, he basically implied that we were white, assuming that, that he was reading the Avi. And then he said like, something like, what are you, the MLK of Vancouver? <laughs> and I was, Which rocks. And I, I remember I was like, I, I like I went downstairs after I sent the first tweet, and I was like grinding my coffee beans. And then I opened that one up. I'm like, oh, oh, this guy's mad. Uh, yeah, it was so good to see. We love to see people uh, who are mad online. 
I loved it so much. It was like Pooley times 10. Yes. Yeah. Um, and somebody to do it like so openly out there. And then he just basically, Blake got really upset because he kept thinking uh, that it was an attack on his character, that us saying that he should donate was us erasing anything anti-racist he's ever done in his life which it never um, is by the way no and, and i think i think when i read the jonathan taves thing i was exceedingly kind to people who want yeah. to do the right thing yeah. i just want people yeah. to were we a little bit edgy maybe yeah. Yeah, i just want people to think about whether them doing the right thing benefits them or literally yeah. anyone else that's it yeah yeah, yeah. and all back and forth happens between him and other people and i didn't really get into it much i just remember being like this is so funny and posting on the rf account like this got funny really quick uh and i didn't get into it much with him after that um but he started like dming me calling me sanctimonious and telling me about his wife's multicultural nonprofit uh that deals almost entirely in multicultural support um he he thinks we're outing him uh he was asking to what end are we outing you um he thinks we were shitting on him for doing something that could be a gateway into people taking action. Uh, by the way, again, like the blackout as a gateway into people doing anti-racism. Um, I was being very polite with him. Capital letters uh, at the beginning of sentences saying, hi, Blake. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't I don't like lashing out of people just because I know it's not going to work. And something, somebody like Blake, who I genuinely like kind of yeah, like no i I like blake too like yeah. like i'm not i'm not gonna just be a jackass our, to him our like very that. very dear friend and I, I i want to underline this because of how much shit we give him genuinely probably the uh person in hockey that has the best moral compass of almost anyone i know jd burke um yeah. is an employee of 1040 and for the most part, he speaks very highly of all the people he works with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. no no uh, shade to Blake, who I think is generally well-meaning. Yeah. Now, one of my favorite parts in the DM, and there's not much more to say. Like <laughs> uh, At the end of the day, like Blake ended up taking down the blackout photo uh, without mentioning anything and then said... He retweeted some list of like things to donate to without donating himself, which to I want to well, I want to to the best of our sure. knowledge. To, and, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. A, to the yeah, best this of our is knowledge. This is be something that I I I do want to underline that like there may be some people in hockey who do not want to publicly sign their name to sure. donating money to these things. Yeah, because the overall hockey fan base is very reactionary, and I don't yeah, judge them sure. for that. So I, I don't yeah. want to assume yeah, yeah, that people yeah. didn't yeah. donate any money, but at the same no. time, I do think in in this particular case, um, I mean, we know the Sedins well, didn't want to donate or didn't want to publicly donate money to the children's yeah, hospital. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. why did they do it? Yeah. Why did they eventually do it publicly? It's because they were told that it would encourage other people to donate as well, right? Mm -hmm. And exactly. I think that this is a similar situation where, um, like not signing your name to the money that you donate is uh, normally an altruistic thing. And I don't want to judge uh, people for not doing it, but I also think that in this situation, um, if you're going to talk about it publicly, why wouldn't you also sign your name to donating money publicly? Right? Yeah. Now, now to comment on that, agree with that. If somebody asks you or even makes a joke like, Hey, can you donate something? Don't shit your pants online. 
<laughs> get really mad about it and get super defensive about it and start DMing people with a lot of exclamation marks, a lot of question marks. Uh, like Blake was on one when he was typing it to me. Yeah. Like the difference between the tone yeah. is hilarious, and I kept I kept my cool. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite parts is that he kept justifying like, um, I'm assuming you didn't hear our primetime 15 minute obituary on uh, Balbir Singh, uh, somebody who had to do with uh, I don't know much about Sikh history, sure. but uh, somebody who's involved in uh, the a victim of the Sikh genocide, totally, and uh, just government of India's uh, subjugation of the Punjab. Yeah. Now. He was just like, you know, I was highlighting their battle against religious persecution. Did you not see me do that? Sure. And that was when I was like, whoa, Blake, this is this is not about like you, you think you being good about other other races. Like, yeah. Also, like, this is also about black, awkward this is about that like awkward because you are I'll, not. I'll get, I'll get there. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll get there. Yeah. Uh, like my my first thing was like, Jesus Christ, like this is not how this works. This is about black people. Yeah. You can't just say. Uh, I go to this Chinese restaurant all the time. I'm not racist. Yeah, yeah, uh, to exactly, black people. Like, yeah. like honestly, fuck that. If that's something you think, get that out of your head. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's also um, by the by the same token. Like, it's why, despite the fact that uh, I have Japanese and indigenous uh, siblings, it's uh, not totally relevant to what's happening. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like him saying yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But yes, he didn't admit it. But he kept going on the Punjabi stuff, and I think he thinks I'm Punjabi. I think he thinks I'm sick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is one of my favorite parts. And I didn't, I didn't like really address it, and it was probably not something he would have known how to respond to. Yeah, um, which but, is yeah, that which was isn't, yeah. actually I did say. Also, I'm not <laughs> oh, Punjabi. Okay. Yeah, if fair. you're hoping to gain some favor, <laughs> yeah. I actually I realized I did say that. That's funny. Um, yeah. Then I started getting me into him. Um, anyways, we closed the conversation. Well, I tried to close the conversation, and then. He posted after I said, you know, have a good day. Hope your family's keeping healthy. Totally. Uh, Blake, you're not in a space to listen. You've made that clear. And later on, he sends me a post from a black person saying that Blackout Tuesday was fine. And he says, how do I reconcile what you're saying with people like this? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Man, he, uh, he did it's the, tough. I saw like, it's one of those things. Do I, like, I, I do like Blake. I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's a bad guy. But, uh, man, this is, again, it just goes back to that humility. Like, maybe right now is the time to listen, right? It's why exactly. I even feel fucking awkward doing this show and, and saying my opinions on things Anyways, because yeah, yeah. it's more of a time to listen than anything else. But. Yeah. I understand I, really, really, really wanting to be right online. This is not yeah, the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no yeah, one is yeah. more dedicated to being right online than me. Than us. Uh, yeah. But yes, you exactly. are right. Yeah. I'm going to... Tra- because there's not much else to say. Uh, oh, actually... What, <laughs> actually, there is one more thing to say. Um... <laughs> There was only one media person outside, actually, well, outside of J.D. Burke and, uh, yeah, who gave any money. Uh, Sorry, outside of J.D. Burke and uh, somebody who didn't say anything, just screenshotted the receipt a little bit, a little bit after the the back and forth with Blake Price, which was very funny to me. It was Satyar, Satyar Shah. Yes. Who yep. we've had some arguments before. Oh yeah. And I, I, like I've gotten some back I've gotten in some personal back and forth with yep. them about uh political stuff. Huh. Um but the guy just posted that, fifty bucks. It was awesome. We gave him a shout out. Great. Can I make I, I wanna uh, add on to that? Someone who sure. uh you may have missed, uh Dmitry Filipovich. Uh yes. That okay. was really yeah. cool. Uh I like that was uh, really cool. He was um, like one of the very very early ones. D- Dimitri, uh from a content perspective anyways, uh Big, big fan. Big fan of Dimitri. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I I after a few days passed, I was a little like, oh okay. There's a lot of media people on Canucks Twitter. Uh, didn't see any donations. If you're struggling, I get that, but I know not everybody is struggling, especially right now with a lot of people getting uh, laid off or their jobs not being in. in yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. once again, um, there are some people like uh, I will shout out one person in particular. Like I've had a lot of conversations with Thomas Drance recently, who uh-huh. I think is has been very right headed about everything that is happening right now, and someone who definitely wants to do the right thing. And I yeah. would not put it past him, Patrick Johnson as well, another person. Yeah. Would yeah. not be surprised if yeah. these people... Big fan of him. Big, big fan of both those guys, and I wouldn't be surprised if they yeah. gave money and just didn't say anything. Yeah. So I don't... I Again, like, it's totally possible that some people have, have, have done some very altruistic things and just don't want to be put yeah. in the spotlight, and I respect that. What I, what I yeah. want to say is that Canucks Twitter is a big community, and there's a lot of big names in there. Yes. Who usually, when something big is happening up on Connect Twitter, they usually get involved in it. And I'm not saying I needed it from everybody, or we needed it from no. everybody. We didn't need it. Is we're just saying it would have been nice to see some like, uh, like a show of solidarity, uh, not with us, but with black people in the yeah. states uh, who needed this. Which money. especially and, 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 and in, in sorry to interrupt, but especially in a situation where I think, uh, boy, the solidarity I have seen among people on the ground right now unbelievable it's been shocking like because shape, as, as i'm sure every you know both you and i and elliot <laughs> and anyone else who probably uh really devoutly listens to the show knows uh there's a lot of infighting when it comes to people on the online left and i haven't seen any yeah, of yeah. it this week and that's really yeah, yeah. really heartwarming yeah yeah, so I don't want to take too long with this, but the the general point is like I expected more involvement. Uh, I'm not mad at anybody in particular, actually. Uh, it's more like usually you see Connect Twitter show up, and a lot of people on Connect Twitter showed up, but I expected more from the media. To be honest, I I I don't have any in like the names that you mentioned. I was like, yeah, I have no qualms against them at all. No, if you um, donated money, you can be our friend. No questions asked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, sure. Golzar from. <laughs> I'm actually Podcast really donated. glad you brought that, that up. That was so fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm that glad was you so brought cool. that up and dedicated so the happy. payment to JD Burke. Funnily enough, <laughs> um, I have always thought that Gulu seemed the most right-headed of all of the large yeah. casters. Yeah, but yeah, ultimately, yeah. we'll have ultimately, But um, Gulu, thank you. Shout out. Thank you for your fifty dollars. Yeah. Really greatly appreciated. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, you are a person of color. I'm sure that you have. Uh, <laughs> Opinions on this, so good. Put your money. Good for you for putting your money where your mouth is. I I I unironically uh, have nothing but good things to say about you for doing that. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't think there's much else to say. I'm tired. Yeah, I'm also tired. (laughs) It's getting late in the night. We got this is too long of a way too long. It's going to be a two hour episode probably. We 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 got to we got to not do that. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll talk after. We got to not do that. Um. I'm going to list out the names of everybody who gave money. I uh, kind of wish I was more awake for this, but holy shit. I had a really bad week, like the first few days of everything going down. I mean, sorry, no, I like I barely had a bad week, but for me, it was really bad. Um, but once we started getting to do this and like money started coming in, God damn, uh, like the serotonin levels going on inside were like just firing off. It, I, I was so happy to see people come together um just like that's the best i can say 
it, it made me really happy to see so many people show up. So many people gave money. Um, it was just, it was one, like a really beautiful thing on Canucks Twitter. Um, and it really made my week. So thank you to everybody. I'm going to run down the list of people. I'm not going to list the dollar amounts. Uh, doesn't I, matter. That's just un, that's doesn't unnecessary. Matter. It doesn't matter. I know, fact that I you know gave, one person gave, awesome. said that they were broke and gave $15.69. That was like, like my heart as, sank. As like, meaningful so nice. as, the, so as nice. the people who gave uh, three figures. Yes. Absolutely. Mm. Like, genuinely. Yeah. It, it's no, it so doesn't meaningful. matter. So I'm going to run down the list and then we're going to say bye. Um, so, uh, Kirk Anderson, Tim Wilkinson, uh, I'm so, by the way, I'm sorry. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't put your whole handle on this list. <laughs> you know who you are if you say yeah. it. Aaron, uh, Georgia Twist, uh, uh, Georgia Twist, sorry. Yerky, uh, Morrison's Lisp, uh, John Bonds, Josie, uh, Samantha, CP, Dmitry Filipovic, uh, Povich, uh, Best Mode, Rad Nikki YVR, Jordan, uh, Jim Atridge, Spuds, Bobby, Kevin Z, uh, uh, Namita Nandakumar, uh, Jay Epstein. You got to pause there. Anyways, uh, Daisy FSMM, uh, Andy Fer- Andrew Ferris, Bailey, Sam Liu, Dan He, uh, Flube, Garrett Hole, uh, Gervir Sanga, Tebby, Satsha, uh, Jose McMill, past the last name, Nick Bondi, Gulu, Emma, uh, Emma, oh, well, yeah, Emma, uh, Mosley. <laughs> Uh, Pokemon go to the polls. Uh, Hair Doctor <laughs> Funk. Uh, Reed, one of our first yes. producers. Uh, Anita Luo. Kristen Chung from Pivot Legal Society. Uh, Mallory. Cam Robinson. Samantha again. Uh, Tyler Shipley. Thomas Williams. Uh, Riley Miner. Reed again. Jeff Poops. Uh, Overlord Drisp. Uh, John Bonjozi again. John Griffin. David Erat. Chandler. Rockfan. Uh, Rich Marinsky. Lauren Gardner, Josh Weisbach, Ramana Schlaw, Kevin Zeke again, J.D. Burke, and Mackenzie Drysdale. Oh, dude. That's a lot of names. Uh, That's a lot of people I, who gave money. Just, we love I you I want to throw all. in a couple things. I went to sure. high school with Mackenzie Drysdale, a beautiful man, uh, member of Socialist Fightback, um, love, lovely, lovely person. And I also wanted to say there were a couple media people in there. Cam Robinson is a media person. And Thomas Williams. Right, right. Thomas Williams is a also a media person, someone I worked with at Nation Network, someone who wrote things for Canucks Army, and someone who, unlike myself, was uh, both brave enough and able to quit when Ramita Shalab was fired. So uh, huge shout out to Thomas Amazing. Williams. Very cool guy. Um, just to close things out, we raised, um, well, you guys those of you who donated, yeah. media people, listeners, people who just were attached to, people who uh, saw the thread, donated or raised or whatever, uh, over $7,000, correct? Uh, I would say... Or roughly $7,000? Like $6,000, like uh, 100 maybe 200 sure. bucks. yeah. Okay. Uh, over $6,000 yeah. in okay. like three Great. days. Holy fuck. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was I, I was excited for that first like three hundred, and then it just like I I can't believe it. Yeah. I have never seen that much money in my entire life. Um, I've never been involved in raising that. It's really shocking, um, and it's something that like makes me want to keep. I, I reflect <laughs> in my uh, in the sort of uh, hypnotic state between 
being awake and being asleep. On the fact that uh, being involved in any sort of media product is ultimately not a particularly useful uh, way to spend your time. But uh, being able to be a part of being able to raise more money than I could ever possibly give to anything um, mm-hmm. has been the honor of my life. And um, I. Oh, that's really sweet. I really appreciate every single person who who gave money and who decided to be involved materially on the ground with what is happening right now, which I think is very special. I think regardless of how it turns out, it is something that you will feel good about. It is something that you will be able to tell if we are lucky enough to have grandchildren. Uh, it is something you'll be mm-hmm. able to tell your grandchildren about that you were you were involved in in a positive way. And on that note, uh, I will not do any plugs at the end of this episode. I will not encourage mm-hmm. any hate mail to be sent <laughs> to anyone at the end of the, <laughs> I, this episode. I, hate mail to Adam Palmer, Chief of yeah. Vancouver Police Department, sure. Del Manic, Chief of the Victoria Police yeah. Department, uh, uh, every cop in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> this is Roxy Fever. Get involved. Get involved. Uh, monetarily, if you cannot safely be out there. And if you can be out there on the ground, I think you should do it. So signing off now. All right. Uh, super long episode. We're, we're going to electrocute J- uh, Jackson for him to wake up next yeah. time. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> Take care, guys.